Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Seems like mergers and acquisitions are the name of the game this week, and feels like there's a lot of companies doing that right before Christmas. So, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit of what we'll talk about today? Yeah, we've got a lot of big news ahead of the holidays. So today we'll discuss a funding round for innovative cardiac imaging technology, an acquisition from one of the biggest players in orthopedics, a billion-dollar acquisition in the ophthalmic technology space, a huge development in the patent spat between Massimo and Apple, and Zimvi's plans to sell off a big chunk of its business. What's the first thing that we should know for today? The first thing is that Luma Vision raised $22 million for its 4D cardiac imaging navigation technology. So this European startup with operations in Dublin and Munich looks poised to use the funds to pursue FDA approval. What is that navigation technology? So it's called the Verify platform. It's four-dimensional. It uses data-driven software applications and a proprietary catheter sensor with advanced digital imaging and deep learning to provide high-resolution 360-degree imagery of the beating heart and the surrounding anatomy. And it can be used with other catheters or systems during cardiac surgery as well. So what does it provide clinicians and cardiologists? So it can provide all imaging guidance needed during cardiac surgery in real time, eliminating the need for external systems like x-ray or CT. And this accurate, precise, and comprehensive anatomical data that it produces helps cardiologists guide personalized patient therapy across a variety of diseases, including AFib. Obviously, a really big part of sort of the med tech community right now is finding ways to treat and diagnose AFib, but as well as in procedures for left atrial appendage closure and cardiac valve replacement, which are two other massive cardiovascular sort of areas of interest. Interesting. So since it addresses some of these high-profile interest in the medtech industry. What were some of the details of this financing round? So LumaVision has added now $22 million to grants collected from the Irish government's Disruptive Technologies Innovation Fund. That was about $6 million. And the European Union's EIC Accelerator, that was about $3 million. So we're over $30, $31 million now. The company plans to use the funds that it's raised so far to push toward FDA clearance and prepare for U.S. commercialization. It also plans to use the latest financing to help develop the next generations of Verify that could go beyond just cardiology applications. Now let's jump to one of those acquisitions that we hinted at. Yes, Stryker is set to acquire joint replacement company Surf SAS. It's bolstering a tip replacement portfolio by buying the France-based company. So what does that company do? It's a more than 50-year-old company based in France, as I said, that develops, manufactures, and sells a range of large joint replacement products on an international basis. Stryker specifically said that it's developed a number of innovative concepts, including the original dual mobility cup, which has become a very common option for hip replacement. What was Stryker's reason behind this acquisition? Well, the company says that Surf SAS has global recognition from healthcare professionals as an innovator in the hip implant space. And it believes the acquisition complements its existing presence in France and Europe. It also believes that the company bolsters its global joint replacement portfolio, allowing it to serve a wider range of patients. How does this acquisition play into Stryker's long-term strategy? Well, earlier this year, I sat in on an event at AdvaMed's MedTech conference where Stryker's CEO, Kevin Lobo, sort of explained the company's approach to mergers and acquisitions. 
saying the company likes to look at acquisitions as external R&D, and even went as far as sort of complimenting the company's newer technologies that were actually created outside of Stryker, even while others sort of questioned that sort of strategy. It was just interesting to sort of hear him say that a few months ago and now see the company go out and make a move on another company with established technology, clearly falling in line with their mission right now. And now we have news of another rather pricey acquisition. Yeah, Carl Zeiss Meditech has enhanced its ophthalmic portfolio with a $1 billion acquisition. It's a massive acquisition for a major player in ophthalmic technology. Who is Carl Zeiss Meditech acquiring and what do they do? Zeiss agreed to acquire 100% of the shares in Dutch Ophthalmic Research Center, or DORC, which develops offerings that address eye conditions like retinal disorders, cataracts, glaucoma, and refractive errors. Its portfolio includes devices, disposables, and liquids for ophthalmic surgeries. And Zeiss expects this acquisition to enhance and complement its broad portfolio and range of digitally connected workflow solutions. So what is the value of this deal? Well, Carl Zeiss Meditech values the deal at 985 million euros, which translates to nearly $1.1 billion, 1.07. It expects the deal to close in the first half of the calendar year next year, 2024. What are executives thinking about the deal? Well, DORC CEO Pierre Biardon called Zeiss a market leader and visionary. So they're clearly excited about the deal, I'd say. Dr. Marcus Weber, the president and CEO of Carl Zeiss Meditech, said the acquisition brings together two highly innovative ophthalmic powerhouses to accelerate Zeiss's position in the vitreoretinal surgery segment and extend its leadership in the ophthalmic medical devices market. What's the next thing that we should know for today? Apple reportedly plans to stop its U.S. sales of certain smartwatches amid its patent spat with Massimo. This is a battle that's been going on about four years now, and the latest twist is in favor of Massimo, it seems. I remember we covered the decision in this battle, but could you still tell us a little bit about the patent spats history? Yeah, well, I'll try and keep it brief, and there's plenty more detail in the article, but it goes back to January 2020 when Massimo accused Apple of poaching employees and infringing patents for health monitoring functions on the Apple Watch, which is obviously Probably the most commonly used smartwatch. Don't check me on that, but certainly a popular consumer device. And a key part of Massimo's business is its set pulse oximetry technology and the dispute centers around that. So almost a year ago, Massimo got a big win when a U.S. administrative law judge said Apple violated a section of the Tariff Act of 1930 by importing and selling Apple watches in the U.S. that use light-based pulse oximetry that's at the heart of the dispute. Fast forward to May of this year, and Massimo's efforts actually looked like they could be futile when a federal judge declared a mistrial because jurors couldn't come to unanimous verdict. But the tides turned a few months ago, as we discussed on this podcast, and it looks like Massimo's in a really good position now. What was the turning point of that dispute? So the turning point came in October when the U.S. International Trade Commissioner ITC ruled in Massimo's favor recommending a limited exclusion order for infringing Apple Watches with light-based pulse oximetry functionality. It found that Apple violated U.S. laws by incorporating this patented technology in its products. And that brings us to today. That decision has influenced Apple's decision-making, I guess, where the company is halting sales of certain watches, certain models, some models are still available, that use this technology because the exclusion actually goes into effect after a 60-day presidential review period. So the order actually still remains under review by President Joe Biden until Christmas Day, December 25th. 
the report says Apple took its Series 9 and Ultra 2 watches off the market to remain in compliance if the exclusion remains in place, as a ban on those devices would go into effect on December 26th. So this stop in sales of these smartwatches from Apple comes at an interesting time right before the holidays when sales usually spike. When is Apple planning to pause those sales? Yeah, well, I will say uh, whether or not this has anything to do with, you know, it's correlated. Uh, Apple plans to pause sales on affected models beginning on its website on December 21st and at retail locations after December 24th. So I guess the company can still get a little extra time in for Christmas sales if it needs. Reports say that Apple believes the ITC's ruling was wrong and should be reversed. So it plans to submit its appeal on December 26th when that presidential review period is over. And now what's the last thing that we should know? Zimvi is going to sell its spine business and become a pure play dental company. So hasn't been long since Zimvi spun out of Zimmer Biomet as a spine and dental company. So this is a very interesting move to separate those businesses now after not too long as a standalone company. Definitely was something unexpected that we saw this morning. So what is that sale valued at? Sales valued at $375 million, and Zimvi is selling the business to an investment firm, HIG Capital. What are the terms of the purchase agreement? So Zimvi will receive that $375 million in total consideration, which includes $315 million in cash. And the remaining $60 million comes in the form of a promissory note that accrues interest at a rate of 10% per year. Zimvi's board of directors approved the transaction and expects it to close in the first half of next year. What were executives' reactions to this? Well, Zimvi CEO Vafa Jamali said that the company's spine business has an innovative portfolio and is well-positioned to continue to improve under new ownership. Similarly, he believes the transaction provides the capital to fund go-forward growth for Zimvi's dental, commercial, and innovation platforms while reducing its leverage profile. He believes the transaction will create a leaner, more focused Zimvi, which is sort of something we've heard a lot, I'd say, in medtech with a lot of spinoffs and sales of different businesses, and they want a leading position in attractive, growing global dental markets. Mike Gallagher, the managing director at HIG Capital, said that they see a tremendous opportunity to partner with the Spine leadership team to support best-in-class innovation and robust commercial execution. So we'll see what the future sort of holds for that Zimvi Spine business, and obviously the company is moving forward as a dental business. And like I said, it's, it's a trend we've, we've seen a lot of in medtech over the last year or so. And that was the final story that we had for today. So thank you, Sean, for bringing us all of this acquisition news and everything else. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening.